If you can and will, let's all stand together for the reading of God's Word found in Psalms chapter 40, beginning with verse 1. Psalms 40, beginning with verse 1. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Yeah, Michelle's going to share the scripture with us. I wait patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mirror. He set my feet on rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. God. Troubles come and troubles go. Troubles come and troubles go. Now, I know a lot of you this morning would say, well, Brother Paul, I wish troubles never came. Amen? But you know what? Troubles are going to find you no matter who you are or where you are in your life. Troubles come into your life. And there's, there's some, I've had some troubles that come and left as quickly as they came, right? They were just there and they just went away. I've had other troubles that have come on and they've hung on for a while. Been a part of my everyday life. Those troubles that you think about when you wake up in the morning and you think about them when you go to sleep at night. And sometimes, I don't know if any of the rest of you have had this done, but I'll, I'll have some of my troubles wake me up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and let me think on them a little while. Troubles come into our lives. In Psalms, we read a whole lot about, and here in Psalms 40, about how these troubles come into your life. But even though you have troubles, you still need to learn how and know how to praise God. Amen? Let me say that one more time. Even though you have troubles, you still need to praise God. Amen? Because why? Because troubles come into your life with one defined activity that it wants to accomplish. You know what that is? It's draining you of your love for God. And those troubles eat away at you. And those troubles cause you sometimes to lose that faith that you need to have in your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the devil wants to do everything that he can to cause one little trouble in your life to become multiple troubles, doesn't he? He wants those troubles to start controlling you. He wants those troubles to be something that you start thinking more about your troubles than you think about God. Do you have troubles today? Do you have things that are going on in your life today that you really don't understand why they are there? One of the things I've figured out in all these years that I've been on this earth, there's some things you just can't figure out, aren't there? There's just some things that come into your life that you don't understand why they are there, why they have to happen. Have you ever said this before? Why does bad things happen to good people, right? And sometimes you want to say, why does bad things have to happen to who? To me. Why do I have to experience this? Why do I have to go through this trouble in my life? Troubles are... Something that could control you. And troubles not only, we'll share a little bit more about this in a few moments, but your troubles not only affect you, but who else do they affect? 
The people around about you, right? The people that you love. They, ex- they affect your family. They affect your friends. And sometimes I've seen troubles that affects people's jobs as well, right? And there's many stages to these troubles. One thing we know is we can't plan our troubles, right? You can't get into your phone and say, Okay, God, it's going to rain Friday, so bring me some troubles. Because I'm not going to have anything else to do, and I can work on it all day long and all day Friday. Just fill me up with your troubles. Now, I need them gone by Saturday, because it's supposed to be pretty that day, right? No, we can't do that. Troubles come. And troubles come most of the time in those times in your life where you just don't need them. But you're already dealing with what? Other situations and other troubles that you have in your life. And those troubles that just hang on to you in your life and causes you to lose that grace and love and that faith that you have for Jesus. I loved Debbie's Children's Church this morning talking about that focus, that mirror, and how you can see yourself in that. Well, so often, we as Christians, we just lose that focus, don't we? We lose where we need to be going. Why? Because those troubles take up so much of our time. And troubles can cause you, you would think when you're in trouble, that you would want to be in church more than ever, right? Where so often, those troubles cause you to what? To drift away from God. To drift away from what God wants in your heart and your life. In the scripture this morning, we see that David was in a pit. It says, he lifted me out of a slimy pit. And when you hear that, a slimy pit, what does that sound like? I've never been in a slimy pit, praise God. Have you? You ever been in a slimy, actual slimy Pitt, I've been in a coal mine before, and let me tell you something. I've been there once, and guess what? I never want to go back again. I would say today, if you've ever been in a slimy pit, you definitely what? Wouldn't want to go back there again. But today, we think of that, that pit as being something you're just stuck in. Something you can't get out of. Something that you're in this situation, you're in this slimy pit, you're in this trouble in your life, and you're thinking to yourself, what do I do? You know, I said that troubles come, and what? Troubles go. But what do you do in the meantime, right? What do you do when you're stuck right in the middle? You've not just experienced what that new trouble is, And you've not found out the answer to be able to walk away from that trouble. But you are smack dab in the middle, like my mama used to say. You're smack dab right there, right? You're right there in the middle. What do you do? How do you handle it when you're in that slimy pit in your life? Well, let's not think about an actual slimy pit. But let me tell you what, I've been in some bad situations in my life before. Amen? Some things where it's just as bad as being an old slimy pit. Where it's controlling you and there's no way and you don't know how you're going to be able to overcome it. You don't know how this trouble is ever going to be able to over, you be able to overcome this in your life. I told Mark and Melissa this morning when I was shaking their hand back there that I'm going to tell an old social work story 
If nobody else gets it, them two will get it. When I first started being a social worker, I'd been there about a year and a half. And believe it or not, after being a social worker for the, a year and a half, I was the most tenured worker in our office. You know what that tells you? It's not a privilege to be a social worker, right, Mark? Not a privilege. Well, because I was the most tenured at a year and a half, social worker that was there, I got to train the newest social workers. I had a young lady that was out of college, was going to be a social worker, and she was going to change the world. She believed everybody, loved everybody, and troubles could be solved in just a few moments if she could just get a plan together. And people have asked me many times, what's the most dangerous part of being a social worker? Now let me tell you, child protective services, they can be pretty scary. And there can be some bad things that are going on. Now today, normal social workers don't have to do adult protective services. But let me tell you, back in the day, adult protective services were pretty scary. That's when you had to deal with spouse abuse. That's when you had to deal with all types of abuse towards adults. And one of the things that we always made sure that we told folks is be very careful how you handle those. My new social worker, she decided she was going to take it on herself. There's three things that you never do. You never talk to the what, Mark? The perpetrator, right? You never tell the perpetrator what? When you're coming to their house. You never tell the perpetrator that you need to talk to his husband or his wife. You never do that. Guess what she did? All three of those. Guess what? She forgot to tell me that she had told him those three things. To make a long story short, we show, showed up at the house. We knocked on the door. He answered the door. I was going to tell her, let's step away. Let's go, let's go back to the car. Let's wait a little while. She walks in. I walk in behind her. And for the next two hours, he held us in the living room with a shotgun and would not let us leave. You talk about a slimy pit. You talk about a situation you don't know what to do. You find out in a situation where that big trouble is just now descended upon you and you don't have no clue. Now, one of the things I could have done is I could have blamed everybody, could I? Could have blamed the system for putting us there. Could have blamed that new social worker for doing things she shouldn't have done. But one of the things you have to realize is this. Blame does not take care of your problems, does it? It's don't. You have to be willing to take where you are in that slimy pit and work your way through it. Now, all of you that knows your preacher real well, and Sheila knows this pretty well, uh, praise be to God, God's gave me the ability to talk myself out of some bad situations before. And after a couple hours... We were able to walk out of there still with all everything together and no holes in us or any of those type of things. We was able to walk out that front door. But you know what? When that first trouble came down, that slimy pit hit me and we were in there and we couldn't leave. Folks, let me tell you what. You figure out something. You figure out about how to pray to God, don't you? 
You figure out about how that you need to rely upon God. What's your slimy pit? What's your trouble that you're facing today? Don't be ashamed of it. Because let me tell you something. If you're breathing, you've got troubles. You've got a slimy pit in your life. What do you do with it? How do you handle it? You've got to be able to, to say to yourself, Here I am, Lord. I'm in this situation. I don't know what to do. This trouble has really brought me down. I've lost what I need to be able to continue on. Lord, this slimy pit is where I'm at now. What do I do? David says, I was in that slimy pit. But there, in verse 1 it says, He turned to me and heard my cry. David cries out to the Lord. David cries out to the Lord. When I was in the hospital down there in Nashville, every time I go to Nashville, it's like my heart rate goes up double now. I don't like seeing the big buildings because, you know, all those things I I believe in. One of the things they told me is that I would experience trauma echo. You all know what that is? It can be a sound or a smell or, or something, whatever that may be, and it takes you right back to where you were in a slimy pit, right? In a bad situation in your life. But when I first went down to Nashville, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to be tough. I'm not going to say anything when they stick a needle in my arm or whatever they may be, and I'm just going to sit here and... And I'm going to take it. And I remember the first few times that they did certain certain things to us. They'd leave and she'll look at me and she goes, how'd you, how'd you do that? Did that not hurt? And I was thinking, well, yes, it did hurt, but I'm not going to tell you it hurts. Because I'm a man and I'm tough and, and I can make it through all, all of this and it's not going to bother me. Well, that was when I thought I was going to go home. When? Tomorrow. Maybe today. But after it went on every day, and they, they found new and different ways to hurt me every day. They, 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 I think that I was told Sheila once, I said, that is their goal. Their goal is to find a way to hurt me more today than they did yesterday. And they'd come in, they'd do certain things. And it got to a point where I said, forget that, this hurts. And I started crying. They would come in and do certain things. And I'd just right there while they were doing it, I'd say, God, help me. God, God, help me. Bring me through this. Help me, Lord. One of the things I figured out, you know what? God can hear your cry in a Nashville hospital. God can hear your cry wherever you are. God knows when you are in trouble. God knows when that slimy pit is in your life. And guys... Let me tell you what, it's okay to shed a tear. It's okay to let people know you're hurting. It's okay to let people know that you are affected. A lot of folks just hold everything inside, don't they? And they just say, I'm going to handle it all by my... There's not a trouble that I cannot overcome. Well, yes, there are. There is just certain things that you just cannot do by yourself. That you have got to have the help of God in your heart and in in your life. And until you 
Let go of that. You're in that slimy pit. Let me tell you what, when you're in a slimy pit, the first thing that you want to do is what? Get out of it. Right? And you start out working so hard by yourself and you use up all of your energy and you're working so hard and so hard and so hard. Let me tell you something. It's a whole lot easier to get out of a slimy pit when you've got somebody helping you, isn't it? Somebody that you can rely upon. Somebody that gives you what you need in your life. Somehow, somebody that is there for you to give you the strength and the courage that you need in your life. Sometimes we have to get to a point where we are desperate for God's help. There is nobody else we can turn to. Only God has the answer. So here's David. He's in a slimy pit. And he cries out to who? He cries out to God. He says, God, I need you. I need your help. God, I need you to be able to bring me out of this slimy pit. So today, if you're in that slimy pit, if you're sitting there and going, Preacher, I know how it feels to be in one of those pits. This is what I'm dealing with today. What do you need to do? You need to sit there and say, oh, I've got it. <laughs> I'm going to handle this all by myself. I don't care how hard it is or how much it hurts me. I'm just going to bear down and I'm going to pull through it. Now, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to cry out to God. You need to cry out to God and God and say to God, God, this is where I am. This is what I am dealing with. Believe it or not, most of the time you can already see it. It's written all over your face anyhow. What's going on in your life? You just have to be willing to share that to God. Also, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. David waited patiently for God and asked God to help him, to deliver him. One of the things that I've learned in the past years, boy, you've got to have some patience sometimes. I've always wanted things done, and if you went over to the office, the workers are still there that I used to work with. When I want something done, I didn't want it done just now. I'd loved it if you'd done it yesterday. That had been even better. My patience level was just not there. But as a Christian, we learn something, don't we? We need to be patient when it comes to letting God be in control. Letting God do it. Because, I don't know about you, it seems like to me, a lot of times when I go too fast, I mess up things. Y'all ever done that before? You ever try so hard to get something done, something done, something done, something done, and get it done and get it done, you look back out at it and you go, boy, it's a worse mess now than it was when I started. Because that's just the way I do things. No, See, I want you to know something. When God does something, He does it correct. When God fixes a problem in your life and gets you out of a slimy pit and you call, uh, you call upon Him, God just doesn't do something. He does the best that can be done. And he fixes that situation in your life. David says, you know what? I was in that old slimy pit and had that trouble in my life. And 
I just didn't know what to do with it, and I was stuck in it. There was no way for me to be able to get out of it. And I cried out to the Lord, and I cried to God, and I asked God to help me and deliver me. And I waited patiently upon His answer. And you know what God did for David? He took him out of that slimy pit and placed him where? On the solid rock. On that solid rock. Why? Why Why did God do that? Because God helped David and believed in David. Folks, today let me tell you, no matter who you are, God loves you. You know that? And no matter what you're facing today, how bad or terrible it seems, God has the answer for it. And He can take you and lift you right out of that trouble that you are in. And guess where He's going to place you? He's going to put you on the solid rock. Now, I don't know how long you get to stay there. You ever got out of a trouble and God's placed you on a solid rock and within the next 30 seconds you're back down in another slimy pit? You ever been there before? Well, I have, but rejoice while you're on the solid rock, right? Rejoice while you're there and say, God, thank you for getting me out of that. Thank you, God, for placing me on this solid rock. As we sung this morning there in Psalms 40, what did David say? He put a new song on my lips. He put a new song on my lips. When I was... Back at the office, one of the things that I would do a whole lot of, and I've told you all this before, I'd walk up and down the, uh, the hall there at the office. And I just loved whistling songs. Just loved it. Right after I had surgery, Jill and I were in the room, and, and I looked at her and I said, Honey, I can't whistle no more. What am I going to do? Couldn't, I forgot how to whistle. I forgot all, but thank God it came back, right? But I used to walk up and down the hall at the office and whistle. And my workers at the office could tell what type of mood I was in by the songs I was whistling. I always noticed that if I was whistling an upbeat song and something happy and those type of things, they'd come and talk to me. Now, if I was whistling some of these, I'm down and out and lonely and over and gone, they'd never come and talk to me. But David says, guess what? I was down and out and I was whistling bad negative songs and God I had a bitter bitter taste on my lips and I didn't know how I was ever going to be able to overcome that but God not only placed me on the solid rock he put what a new song on my lips and what was that new song about it was about praising him today folks I know what my troubles are I don't know all your all's troubles Praise be to God. Aren't you glad you don't know other people's troubles, all of them? Imagine what you do. Sit around, oh, Lord, look at, oh, that what? I, I can't handle all. But thank God you don't have to because why? God does. God handles all your troubles. My troubles, your troubles, your family troubles, everybody's troubles. God knows what they all are. Knows every bit of them. You've got troubles today. What are you going to do with it? You're in that slimy pit. What are you going to do with it? Well, what we learn from David is this. It's simple. It's pretty simple. Cry out to God. 
I said a few weeks ago, I think it was, last time I preached, I believe, make sure you know you are saved. Amen? Beyond any shadow of a doubt. Make sure today you know you have troubles. And make sure today that you call upon God. Make sure today you call upon God and you ask God for deliverance from that trouble. Today we invite you to come. I know we, I know we call this the altar. I'm glad we have an altar here at our church. But I, I think also it's, it'd be a good place just to say it's a good place to lay your troubles down, right? It's a good place for you to lay your sin and have salvation in your life. It's a good way just to hand over all those things that's going on in your life, whatever that may be. Right here's the place to do it. So this morning, whatever God has laid upon your heart and your mind, we invite you to come as we have our closing song.